you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, still fully vaccinated, still dodging variants, blah, 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 Neo Matrix. You know how the whole thing goes. Uh, fun show for you as we get closer to the start of week one. Producer Justin is alongside. Michael F. Florio is here. And Florio, I, I asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you this again. Please, can the Mets beat the Giants once? Just, just <laughs> once. That's all I want. Marcus, I I was so disappointed last night, and then I have to remind myself, like, I willingly choose each night to sit down and watch the Mets play baseball. I (laughs) I have no one to blame but myself at this point. It's awful. I just, you know, I, look, man, the, the Giants have been really good all year long. And I'm at the point now where I just don't assume, I just assume they're not going to lose anymore, like the rest of the year. I just kind of figure they're just going to win out. Um, you know, and it's, it's weird that there's panic 
mild panic in Dodger Nation. Like they have 80 wins. They have the second best record of baseball. But there's like, you know, hand wringing about what's going on because the Giants are so damn good right now. <laughs> can't lose baseball I went games. to a game the other day and had to explain to my wife, like the Dodgers don't. She was like, how are they the best team if they're not in first place? And I was like, no, no, no. They're the best. They have the most talent. I just don't know how the Giants keep doing this. So I still believe that you guys are going to win out in the end, but I have no idea what's going on with the Giants. Nobody knows. Nobody, not even the Giants, <laughs> not even diehard die Giants fans expected this. Uh, and here they are with the best record in baseball. And we are in you know late August, um, you know, and they're, they're you know, with a real legitimate shot to win the National League West. And, and who knows how far they get. So. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just like I'm having an existential crisis because like if the Giants win the World Series this year, like if the Dodgers win it last year and all the Giants fans are like it has an asterisk because it was a short season. And if they come back and win it this year, like it's going to be miserable for us. Like it's just going to be miserable. So I, I have it, to. It's not even like the Giants went out and grabbed a bunch of really good like they're doing no! it with the, the weirdest group of players that like for a best team in baseball. This has like career years from guys in their mid 30s. Like I don't get it. What is a Lamont Wade Jr.? I don't know. <laughs> I just, it's amazing to me. But uh, yeah, they're a good baseball team. I just have to live with it. Let's just hope the Dodgers, for my sake, figure it out. Uh, anyway, we've got a lot to talk about here. Uh, a couple of housekeeping notes, though. One, uh, the Fantasy Football Draft Spectacular presented by Sunday Ticket uh, DirecTV. Adam Rank, it's joined by a lot of us. Uh, myself, Florio is going to be there. Uh, NFL Legends, I believe Warwick Dunn, Tori Holt uh, are going to be there. Steve Limmy from Tacoma FD uh, going to be there as well. Just a whole bunch of folks talking fantasy football, getting you ready for the season. It is a two-hour special to break down this year's top players, breakouts, rookies, sleepers, and more. You can check it out next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, actually, live, 5 p.m. Eastern in the NFL Fantasy app, on the NFL app, the NFL uh, on NFL.com, I should say, and on YouTube. It'll also be available on demand, so uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, I know I jumped in there, talked to some rookies with rank. You were on there as well, as I mentioned. Uh, it's fun, so uh, you should be, definitely be sure to watch it, for sure for real for real yeah me me rank and kimmy did a first round kimmy checks we did a first round mock where we each like kind of made a like i was picking like three six nine and twelve something like that mm -hmm. uh but break down the entire first round give our logic and, and who we're targeting Cool. Yes, definitely uh, tune in for that and plenty, plenty more. Uh, I love the fact that you know Warwick, the Warwick Dunn and Tory Holt jumped in as well. So like legitimate NFL legends uh, are involved in jumping on this thing, too. Uh, other note, uh, and this certainly is going to be an interest to a lot of folks there. We got Madden codes. Uh, I know they're they're kind of flying about on the interwebs nowadays, but for anybody who wants the Madden NFL 22 game, we got codes. We got one for Xbox, one for PlayStation. Uh, of course, we're not just giving them out like you got to do stuff. You know, we're going to make you do stupid human tricks and that sort of thing for them. Um, <laughs> but it's simple. Just go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating, give us a review, uh, of course, because we're going to do it to try to help our own our own cause, right? We're going to try to get our, our own numbers up. So uh, do that. Uh, if you take a screenshot of it and you can tweet it either to me, uh, at Marcus G, you can tweet it to the NFL Fantasy handle, at NFL Fantasy. Uh, you can even tweet it to the NFL Podcast handle, which I believe is NFL underscore podcasts. Uh, just uh, you know, like, do the review, take a screenshot of it, send it to us. We're going to read some of the best ones. Ones, uh, on the show and by best I mean either the most complimentary or if you're really funny we may read some of those as well um, let us know 
if you are an Xbox person or a PlayStation person, and uh, then we will get together, we'll huddle up, and uh, we will pick a couple of winners. I will try to notify you probably via Twitter or something like that uh, at some point in the very near future. So there you go. Madden codes available. Come jump in. Come help us out. We'll help you out. And everybody wins. It's all good. Uh, all right. So <laughs> that gets us to actual football talk. Uh, a story that broke uh, not all that long ago, and you probably probably have seen it on the Internet. Uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about it here, but that is the Rams swing a trade with the Patriots to bring Sony Michelle from New England to Los Angeles in exchange. The Patriots get a couple of late round picks, a fifth and a sixth round pick from the Rams. Uh, and now the Rams get another running back to go with or behind. However you look at it, Daryl Henderson, who's dealing with a thumb injury right now. Um, and, I know, Florio, the big topic of conversation is what does this mean for Daryl Henderson? And I think there there isn't a consensus about whether uh, this hurts him or how much this hurts him. Uh, where you sit, how do you how do you feel about Daryl Henderson now versus a couple days ago before Sonny Michelle got to L.A.? I don't think it changes a whole lot. And I'll start by saying, like, I've I, I like drafting Daryl Henderson when he was Cam Akers backup. I have not really bought in since he's kind of been going in like the fourth round of drafts. Um, and the, the biggest reason is durability concerns, right? Like that is what the Rams had for him. I don't think Sony Michelle is going to come in and be the starter or anything like that. I think in more so he replaces what we were hoping Xavier Jones or Jake Funk would be uh, in a backup that will be somewhat involved here because Sean McVay has said it time and time again this summer. Like we have no concerns with Daryl Henderson's ability and when he's on the field, the concern is keeping him on the field. So the only concern I have is we know that the running backs where they take those big hits are on short down situations. So I think that Sony Michelle could be brought in to be that short down back. And for me, that means goal line as well, which I'm a little bit, that is my biggest concern with Henderson now because Sony Michelle has scored 21 rushing touchdowns in his career playoffs included. Only six of them are further out than five yards. So mm-hmm. He's a specialist at like being that like bowling ball type of runner coming in and could score those short yards touchdowns. So I have now a little bit more touchdown concerns with Daryl Henderson, but I don't think Michelle is going to really eat into the volume a whole much, a whole bunch. If you liked him as a low end RB two, I think that's where you continue to value him at. You know, I will admit, I sort of got caught up in the fever of of Daryl Henderson looking like the lead running back for a while. Um, you know, at first, after the Cam Akers injury, I really felt like, okay, well, the Rams are going to go get somebody. They're going to add uh, another piece back there, even though they kept saying they weren't. Um, and maybe I, I sort of let that creep in because I did start drafting Henderson kind of in the fourth, fifth round looking for this big workload. And so now I admit I, I kind of have to pivot a little bit because I think you're right. Michelle is going to at least get those short yardage, those goal line opportunities. Um, you know, I do think a little bit of this, though, is – Sean McVay looking around at what's behind Daryl Henderson and saying, yeah, we can't really go into the season with either some late round draft picks, some undrafted guys, what have you. So that's why they go out and they get a guy like Sony Michelle. I'm with you in that. I don't think he necessarily jumps in and becomes the starter uh, anyway soon. But I think I think Daryl Henderson hurting his thumb was a reminder to the Rams that, hey, we got to make sure we have at least a little bit of insurance. Um, I think if anything, though, the, the good news is if you have an interest in Daryl Henderson, 
Sony Michelle sort of knocks that draft price down. So for for people who might have been thinking about taking him in the fourth round, now all of a sudden maybe he's a fifth or sixth round guy because I think sanity comes back a little bit in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The other part of this is now obviously in New England – we were obviously loving Damian Harris, and I was I was liking him more and more even before the Sony Michelle trade. Uh, with Sony Michelle gone, does that do you like Harris even more? Is it about the same? Uh, and 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 who else is behind him that interests you at all? For me, my interest in Harris is still the same, and I feel like I'm a little bit lower on him than consensus because I still have concerns. Are they going to give him the goal line work? Because last year they didn't. It was Cam Newton stealing it all. And I know that Sony Michelle was a threat to that, but Sony Michelle was already on the roster bubble. And they have someone there named Ramondre Stevenson who has looked great this preseason and is built like a tank and has shown us in these couple of preseason games, like, hey, I can score touchdowns. He's has multiple touchdowns in each of their preseason games and then being short yardage as well. We already know that James White is going to be the pass catching back there for the Patriots. Like, James White is the the back that just won't go away in this backfield, right? Like, no matter how many running backs Bill Belichick cycles through, James White is the lone consistent there because he has a he does his job and he does it very well. And that's all that Bill Belichick and the Patriots care about. So we know that he is going to catch the passes there. Uh, and now you have to worry about either Cam or maybe Stevenson stealing some touchdowns away from Harris, which is why I like Harris as, like, a high-end RB3 get him in like the like the seventh round or so but there's some people who have been pulling him up and and feeling pretty bullish about him after what we've seen in this preseason I'm just not one of those people in that group I mean I do think he's played well what I've seen of him in the preseason has looked very interesting Ramondre Stevenson is sort of the interesting name here because I think the the story arc for him has sort of come 360 in that at the beginning, I think people were interested. Uh, the name I kept hearing was LeGarrette Blunt, that he was like LeGarrette Blunt 2.0. Uh, then he failed his physical. Uh, then you had Ivan Fears, the running back coach, saying you know, somebody asked him, what does Stevenson need to work on? And he said everything. And then everybody sort of pulled the shoot on Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, then he got on the field and he started playing really well. Now Sony Michelle is gone and Stevenson seems to be picking up those extra snaps and extra touches. So I think everybody is sort of back to where they were on him at the beginning. Um, but I do sort of worry, as you mentioned, like James White is still going to have a role. We know Damian Harris is going to be the lead back. I am okay trying to navigate through a two-headed backfield, three-headed running backfields uh, make me a little bit nervous. And so that that combined with the fact that I don't really know what to expect from the Patriots offense um, sort of makes me concerned uh, a little bit. I don't know if I don't know if I'll say this. Does does the quarterback does who the quarterback is make a difference for you? If it's Mac Jones, do you feel better about these running backs versus if it's Cam? I do uh, feel better about it if it is Mac Jones because, one, I think that leads to some more undesigned targets for the running backs because Mac Jones, yes, he's a little bit – he is a little mobile, but he is not a runner like Cam. Like, Cam feels that pressure. He's, he's either looking downfield or he's going to tuck and run. He's not looking to dump off to the running backs where I think Mac Jones could be a little bit better there. And Mac Jones isn't going to dominate the touches, the carries inside the five-yard line like a Cam Newton did. But Marcus, we spoke about it the other day, and until we see Cam Newton completely taken out of this offense, I am not going to shake this feeling that even if Mac Jones is the starter, we could see Cam Newton come in 
on goal-to-go situations inside the five-yard line and vulture some touchdowns away. Because we saw the Colts do it last year with Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, Bill Belichick, he's a pretty smart dude, and if he knows something can work, I think he's not going to shy away from doing it. He does not care about our fantasy teams in the slightest. <laughs> not even a little bit. I mean, it's what, <laughs> uh, it's what you and I talked about on Tuesday with this talk that there might be a quarterback platoon in New England because, you know, hey, look, man, if it wins games, that's what Belichick's going to do uh, and to hell with us. So that's all. Um, over to Detroit where DeAndre Swift has not really been uh, I think super popular in fantasy circles. I feel like people draft DeAndre Swift and it's kind of like, a, uh, you just kind of, you know, hold your nose and you, you kind of do it. Um, I don't think it's going to get any better because Dan Campbell, the head coach, is saying he's concerned about Swift's availability for week one. DeAndre Swift has been dealing with some injuries. Uh, people are, are a little bit worried about that. And now it looks like he might not be available for week one against the 49ers. Um, does this mean we need to go all in? Does Jamal Williams need to be going higher than, say, the ninth round where he is right now? Um, I think so right now, but I hope he doesn't because I love taking <laughs> Jamal Williams where he's going right now. Like, he goes in that group of backup running backs, like like the high-end backups, like Tony Pollard, Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams. And Jamal Williams has been one of my favorites to grab there because I – think that he is going to even if Swift is healthy I think Williams is going to have a larger role than we want to admit like remember in Green Bay for years we were always like just free Aaron Jones but (laughs) Jamal Williams was good enough to get on the field and like the Packers coaching staff viewed it as let's keep both of these guys fresh and not only would he take carries away he's so good as a pass blocker that he would take valuable routes and targets away And that is where I think DeAndre Swift is really a valuable fantasy piece is what he can do as a receiver out of the backfield. But now if we have to worry about Williams stealing some of those routes and targets away, plus this is a Lions offense that they do not have a whole lot of weapons around them. And I I will admit, earlier in the summer, I was still like, DeAndre Swift is going to be okay. He'll make up for it. What he doesn't do on the ground, he'll make up for it with with catches – but now you have to worry about Williams, plus he's banged up, and health was a big concern for him last year. So I've been souring more and more as the summer has gone on. I do not have it really much of all of DeAndre Swift. It's why, Marcus, I'm all about getting two running backs early in the draft so that I'm not looking for my second running back when guys like DeAndre Swift are going off the board. Yeah, he's in that, you know, the, the term is the dead zone now, that running back dead zone. Uh, when you're talking about looking at guys in the rounds three through five, those guys there, uh, a lot of them aren't super appealing. Um, but I think people are taking them because you don't want to leave with, you know, you don't want to leave yourself even more open looking at those guys later. Um, I'm with you. I love Jamal Williams. There have been drafts where uh, if I'm late in a round or if I'm near, you know, near the turn, um, I've gone in some combination, Jamal Williams, Gus Edwards, back to back in those middle rounds because I love both those guys. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think I think both of them are going to get touches similar to the starters in their offense. Um, but you get them, you know, anywhere from six to eight rounds later than the starters in their respective offense. So, uh, yeah, if, if you like Jamal Williams, this might make him a little bit harder to get and you might have to reach a little bit earlier for him, but I think it reinforces the idea that, that he's going to have a really big role in that Detroit offense. And it might come sooner uh, than we expected this year. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. There's a lot of quarterback news that came down in the last couple of days since we last talked to you. Uh, so it's it's fun to maybe kind of pick through this stuff. So uh, Urban Meyer, to the surprise of literally no one, uh, named Trevor Lawrence as his week one starter. 
Surprise, surprise. Uh, but in an equally head-scratching move, uh, Urban Meyer also said that Trevor Lawrence is going to start the third preseason game, which I don't understand. Um, you've got your your young franchise quarterback. You know he's going to be your week one starter. I'm not sure why you would risk putting him out there uh, in a preseason game at this point. But look, I, I just talk about fake football for a living, so who knows what I know. <laughs> um, but... Let's be real. The Jaguars offense has not been great so far uh, in this preseason. So knowing what we know that Lawrence is going to play in that third preseason game, what do you want to see from him? It's not so much what I want to see from Lawrence. It's what I want to see from his offensive line. Like give this guy some time to throw. I get it. You were playing the Saints last week and they're 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 D line and they're really good at getting pressure on the quarterback. They're one of the best in the in the league. I get that. You were overmatched. But this week now, let's, hey, let's maybe get Trevor Lawrence some time to throw. I agree with you, Marcus. Why is he even going to be out there? We saw him take too many hits the last game. And I think he already showed me enough. As someone, I will admit I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence believer. But he showed like, hey, I can run in this league and I can get open with my legs. I He can make uh, some of the throws. Like that throw he made in his own end zone where he threw across his body on the run was very impressive to me. I've already seen enough out of Trevor Lawrence. Like, the moment didn't look too big for him in the first preseason game. I don't think there's a whole lot to gain from him being out there. But again, Marcus, we're talking about Urban Meyer. This is a guy who, him and Gardner Minshew were the only two people in the world who thought this was actually a quarterback. (laughs) And then it came out today that, like, he's having someone carry a boom mic around their practice field. Like it, I don't know what urban Meyer is doing down there. I'm just hoping he doesn't mess up Trevor Lawrence and this passing game that I think could be fun for fantasy this year. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, right now urban looks like, you know, all those college coaches you see who have a lot of success in college, then come to the NFL, uh, and try to bring that same style with them, realizing that it's, it's not really the same game. Like, honestly, um, maybe Nick Saban should do him a favor and just lob a phone call and be like, Hey bro, like you got to change it up because it's just not going to work the same way. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, at some point. Either he'll change or, or he just won't be there very long. No one is more stubborn, it seems, than a college coach. Like, like Chip Kelly got himself ran out the league because he didn't want to change. Like, I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, it's, fu- you know, it's funny because I, I think about guys who had success in college and then coming to the NFL. I mean, Pete Carroll obviously had success at USC and then in the NFL. But let's not forget, Pete was an NFL head coach for a long time and sort of washed out in the NFL, resurrected himself in college, and then you know, came back to the league. So he sort of had that pro experience, first of all. But I, I feel like the guys who uh, win big first in college and then come to the NFL, that transition seems to be quite a bit harder. So, uh, like I said, and either either River figures it out or he's gone in a couple of years. That's all I know. And Pete's had success. I won't take it away from him, but we've also spent – the last like five years like yelling at him to let russ cook so i don't know if that's even a huge win for the college guys very true very true uh (laughs) so uh we'll see uh all right um shout out to vic fangio who uh you know at least got his news in before i finished my rundown i was working on this rundown yesterday and i was going to have a whole topic about uh you know 
the Broncos haven't named their starter yet. Which one do we want to see? Who's going to help everybody out? And just as I was about to email this thing out, I saw that Vic Fangio uh, had made the announcement that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter in week one for the Denver Broncos. I said, thank you, Vic, for doing this now. So I didn't have to you know, scrub this later and go back to it. So uh, thumbs up to you for that. I know there's sort of mixed feelings about Teddy. I know Broncos fans feel like it's a safe and sort of boring choice. I think for fantasy, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of people feel like, well, this is a guy who we know can get the ball out on time and on target because we like those wide receivers. I mean, for you, how do you feel? Does, does Teddy Bridgewater make you feel better about the Jerry Judys and Cortland Suttons and those guys in Denver? I get the Broncos fans pain because you're chasing Mahomes and Justin Herbert and them guys. You need is the upside. And I think Drew Locke is the upside, but for fantasy, I love that Teddy Bridgewater is the starter. <laughs> it's what you said, Marcus. He is, he's not going to try to do too much. He's just going to get the ball to his receivers, which is what we want in fantasy. And as someone who has, been hyping up Jerry Judy now for the better part of the last couple of months. I am ecstatic. Like I have Jerry Judy ranked very high. He's nearly in my top 20 wide receivers. He's my wide receiver 22 actually. And the reason I've been so high on him is because I did think Teddy Bridgewater would make more starts. And my logic was if Teddy isn't starting, that means Drew Locke took the next step and is playing better, which only helps Jerry Judy. But the thing about Judy is last year he showed us that he could play in the NFL. Like, let's not forget that he was most people's top wide receiver coming into that draft class. I know Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb are getting a lot of the hype now, but Judy is a very good player in his own right. He is one of the best route runners in football. He creates space. Uh, the issue for him last year was a lot of his targets. It was like something around 30% of his targets were just deemed uncatchable. And that's on Drew Locke. That's not on Jerry Judy. And I think this year, we've already seen Judy in the preseason show us what he can do after the catch. I mean, he has two catches in preseason, and they've each gone for over 30 yards, most of which have come after the catch. So that's what you need Teddy for, right? Like, Teddy is just going to rely on timing and precision and getting the ball out quickly and letting Jerry Judy make plays. I think Drew Locke was a better fit for Cortland Sutton. Um, and I've been lowering on Sutton because he is still not playing. They're saying it could take him a few weeks uh, into the regular season just to feel right. I think Jerry Judy takes over and ascends as this team's number one wide receiver. And I'm willing to pay up for him in fantasy as well. The way I, I'm looking at this situation is um, I don't think I was interested in drafting either one of those quarterbacks. Like I, I didn't have an interest in Drew Locke particularly. And, and Teddy Bridgewater is, you know, I, he's sort of a, you know, if, if, if I don't have any other options and the matchup is right, maybe I, I, I pick up Bridgewater off the waiver wire and, and plug him in. So because I don't have an interest in playing either one of those quarterbacks, I want the guy who I feel like gives those wide receivers the best chance to succeed. And for me, that's Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, I'm with you. I understand Bronco fans' pain. Um, which, side note, uh, I saw a lot, of, a lot of tweets that said something to the effect of, Tell me you want to go eight and nine without saying you want to go eight and nine. <laughs> and I mean, one, it is kind of funny, but the other part of it is seeing eight and nine written out there made my brain itch because like that's like I'm still sort of wrapping my head around like what records are going to look like at the end of the season. Right. Like we're used, I'm used to saying, oh, that's a 10 and six team. But now I'm like, well, wait, are they going to be a 10 and seven team? Are they an 11 and six team? You know, like eight and eight. Yeah, you know, like. That was fun. We used to joke about Jeff Fisher going like, you know, eight and eight or like nine and seven every year, seven and nine. Like now it's like nine and eight, 
eight and nine. Like I don't know. I'm still I'm still wrapping my head around that whole. My my brain can't compute what stats are gonna look like. Like I tweeted <laughs> like Mike Evans. I don't think this. I think this is gonna be the first year he doesn't get to a thousand yards. And people were like, "Well, what if with the extra game he's still not gonna do it?" And I was like. Well, I didn't. I didn't consider the seventeenth game. Like, <laughs> right. if if he gets a thousand yards in his seventeenth game, I'm still taking that as a victory. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I make sense. Like, you know, like we talk about, you know, who can get to five thousand passing yards, right? And like now, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Mahomes for sure," because like, "Oh yeah, he's got he's got one extra game to do it." So there, it there might be like multiple who do it. Like, it's gonna be weird. Yeah, it is. It's going to be very strange. We're going to see a lot of records go down that are going to be for the first couple of years, sort of, uh, you know, I guess asterisk it, uh, until until you know, we get a a large sample size of seventeen game seasons. I think we're going to have a lot of these uh, these do records you, sort of like. Do you think uh, the touchdown record gets broken this year? Maybe. Um, yeah, I, that's that's a very good possibility. Uh, like passing touchdowns, like I think, yeah, you know, I, think like, I think somebody, I think Mahomes could do it. I think uh, you know, maybe Josh Allen could do it. Um, yeah, I think there's a handful. Justin Herbert, maybe there there are a handful of guys. I think that could that could probably break that that touchdown passing record this year. It's, um, it's going to be weird if multiple people go for like five thousand and fifty, like right, you know? numbers. Exactly. It's gonna it's it's gonna take us some time to get used to. Um, speaking of guys who throw the ball a lot, there's Joe Burrow. Uh, he's expected to play at least a limited amount in the third preseason game. Uh, to put it kindly, the Bengals' offense has not been very good so far this preseason. I, I know people love Joe Burrow, and I, I see people saying, "Well, you know, this this ADP dip that he is is taking right now may be a good thing for fantasy drafters looking for value." But for you, I mean. Are you still in? Are you concerned? Where, where are you with Joe Burrow right now? I am concerned. And I will say he could alleviate those concerns if he comes out this week and looks good and, and looks like the knee isn't an issue. But it was just like two weeks ago where he was saying that, hey, I'm not fully back yet. I haven't worked my way fully back yet. And he even said, he said, if I'm feeling like this week one, then I'll hit the panic button. To me, I'm like, that's scary because <laughs> I have to decide now. I don't have till week one to decide if I want to draft you or not. So I will admit, I have not really been drafting a lot of Joe Burrow. And I understand that that could, at the end of the year, be a terrible decision. Like, he has so many good pass catchers around him. And last year, when he was healthy, he was throwing the ball like 40-something times a game. I understand what that volume and the talent around him could equal but I have like Trevor Lawrence ranked ahead of him. Um, I have he to me Burrow is more of a high end QB two. And in the one spot I did get him, I got him as my second quarterback, and I like that a lot more than having him as my starter as someone that I need to rely on starting week one. Him saying if I feel this way come week one, then I'm going to hit the panic button means that his hand is at least near the panic button. You know, maybe <laughs> hovering over the panic button. That's a good point. <laughs> You know, so that, you know, I don't know, that's that's a little bit of a concern, I think, for me right now. I, I don't think I've drafted him anywhere, but I'm still still taking shots at T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Because um, even, you know, even when Burrow went down, those guys were still seeing targets. So I, I think even worst case scenario, they're going to throw the ball a lot and, and you know, those guys are going to get opportunities. But uh, Joe Burrow seeming... A little bit unconfident makes me a lot of bit unconfident, um, especially in an offense that doesn't really have a true identity just right now. So 
uh, I'm with you. I guess the QB two, I'm I'm fine with, uh, but this is not where I thought we would be. Uh, you know, when we started talking about this and say, you know, April or whatever, I really thought we would be talking about Burrow being drafted among the top ten quarterbacks, and we would do that with confidence. But but here we are, almost to September, and that that hasn't happened yet. So that that's worrisome to me. Have Have you been in on Jamar Chase or no? I haven't, mostly because I just feel like the other two guys are better values. Um, Same. You know, that's I've gotten a lot of Tyler Boyd because he seems sort of like the forgotten man. And I'm like, he led this team at targets last year. Like, let's not forget about him. So uh, I'm with it. you. And, and I've never been a huge Boyd guy, but you have really like you and uh, it's just you're right. He is just a better value getting him a couple yeah. rounds later. Yeah. Um, you know, so like I said, I, I think there will be plenty of targets to be had. I think those are the three main guys that are going to get them. So I think they're all worthwhile. Um, Jameis Winston, I don't think has officially as of yet been named the week one starter in new Orleans, but all signs point to him getting that gig. Uh, I, I think, I think sanity has sort of prevailed. I think we all knew that Jameis was the better of the two quarterbacks, but Sean Payton wanting to prove that he is smarter than everybody else. I think kept trying to make Taysom Hill a thing. So now that it looks like Jameis is going to be the starter, are you feeling differently about maybe drafting him than when we were still in this this wait and see mode? Yeah, because I thought there was a legit chance. Like I think that me and you can sit here and confidently say Jameis Winston is the better quarterback. I had no confidence that Sean Payton thought <laughs> Jameis Winston was the better quarterback because he just loves Taysom Hill for some reason. But Winston, I mean, he could not possibly have looked better than what he did this past preseason game. One incompletion on 10 throws, two long touchdowns. And I do think you should consider drafting Jameis Winston because for me, like when my second quarterback, because it's something that I have been doing more this year is drafting a second quarterback, um, and even in one quarterback leagues. But I want someone that has the upside of being a potential league winner. Like I am not targeting the Derek Carrs and the Matt Ryans and the Big Bens. No offense to those guys. I think they are safer and they could finish as like, low-end QB1s this year, but I've been targeting like Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and I think Jameis Winston goes into that category as someone that has the upside of finishing as a top 10 quarterback this year, maybe even higher. We've seen Jameis do it before with good weapons around him, and I know that the Saints, they're, you know, like Marquez Callaway isn't Michael Thomas, but he will get Michael Thomas back at some point. It's more so trusting Sean Payton and his play calling and the fact that we saw what Winston could do. It doesn't take a whole lot of pass attempts for him to have two long touchdowns. So I think his upside is worth taking a shot on as a low end QB two because that's where he's going right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And I felt like, uh, again, the only reason that I was hesitating before was just because we didn't know what Sean Payton is going to do. And look, I still think, you know, in the back of my head, there's still that that the possibility that they run a two QB system, right? We, we talked about it earlier with the Patriots and, and Mac Jones and Cam Newton. And there's always a chance that Sean Payton decides to do a similar thing with Taysom Hill, bring him in, you know, when they get close to the end zone and let him run the wildcat or you know, throw jump passes or whatever madness Sean Payton can concoct. Um, but I think just the idea that Jameis is going to be the starter and presumably going to be taking the majority of the snaps makes me feel better about him as uh, a second quarterback. Um, and look, I've been drafting Marquez Callaway. I think at some point, as you mentioned, they're going to get Michael Thomas back. 
that only makes that offense better. And that only makes me a little bit more confident in what Jameis can be. Uh, and again, if he's not my number one quarterback, I don't have to worry so much about the YOLO balls and the interceptions uh, coming at some point because they're going to come. Like I, I know Jameis got, got LASIK and everything, but you know, he's still Jameis, man. <laughs> he's still going <laughs> to make those throws. It's still going to happen. Um, same division, how much interest do you have in Sam Darnold as, say, a QB2 this year? I think I, I have to officially apologize to, to you and to Sam Darnold and to ask if there is room on the, the Sam Darnold Come on. bandwagon. Come on, I am in. I Come am on in. board. I am I, – I think the last three years, it's hard to hold against Sam Darnold. Like, I know I've said a lot of bad about him in recent years, but it's more <laughs> so like – it's not just him. It was Adam Gase and the Jets. And before it was Gase, they had – it was a defensive-minded uh, coach. And I don't think – I think he was just put in a really bad position. Like, we see teams have been loading up on wide receiver talent and just playmakers around young quarterbacks. The Jets did the opposite of that for three years with Sam Darnold. They were like, hey, we're going to throw out guys off the street and you just make them good. And it just <laughs> never worked for Sam Darnold. But – I think this year with a better coach and a better offensive scheme with a lot of talent around him. Like I really like Robbie Anderson a lot for fantasy. I'm not as high on DJ Moore as others, but I think he is a very capable wide receiver one uh, for NFL purposes. And then Terrace Marshall Jr. is something that I think the Panthers were missing that downfield threat, that contested catch option. And he is going to be amazing for them in the red zone. And then Christian McCaffrey's back too, where Darnold is feeling pressure he could just dump it off to McCaffrey and and he could do what he does. So Sam Darnold, you could put him in. I say I want upside with my quarterback twos. I have him below the other guys I said, like Tua, Fields, Lance. But if I miss out on those guys, my pivot has been Sam Darnold. And I'm okay with it, especially because Sam Darnold showed us last year in flashes that he's a better runner and a better athlete than we really saw at times with the Jets. So I also have a little bit of hope that they will let him run a little bit more in Carolina as well. I, I've tried to recuse myself mostly from the Sam Darnold conversation because I was the first to admit that maybe I, I'm a little bit biased because I, I want him to do well. And I felt like he got such a raw deal with the Jets um, that, you know, I just I, my fandom sort of took over and I, I felt like I couldn't completely be rational. But what I've seen in the preseason does remind me of of who he can potentially be. And, and look, I, I will fully admit that this for me, this next year or two, this is sort of it. This is, this is his prove it situation, right? If in the next couple of years, we look back and Sam Darnold in Carolina is the same guy he was in New York, then I'm willing to just say, hey, look, maybe he just wasn't fit for the NFL the way we thought. And I'm willing to just kind of let that be. Um, but I do think there's a path here. I think, as you mentioned, there is more talent here than he had in any of the offenses really uh, in New York all those years. Definitely has a better running back situation. He's with Robbie Anderson, who he was able to form at least a connection with in New York for a year or two. So that that certainly helps. I do think when you know we get some more DJ Moore out there, I think it'll be interesting to watch. Um Side note that has nothing to do with Sam Darnold. We we need to come up with a better nickname for Terrace Marshall Jr. than TMJ. Like we can't have him, we can't have him being nicknamed after Lockjaw. Like it's just is not right. <laughs> like we got to do better. You know, like we have come to a point in society where we don't even try with nicknames anymore. We just like shorten names or use initials. Like we need to come with good nicknames again. And calling Terrace Marshall Jr. TMJ is awful. We got to do better. 
that's all <laughs> I have to say about that. It's what you say. We force nicknames too much. Just let him do something in the game, and an announcer will say something, and that'll be, or or he'll he'll get scared by Serp her and catch on to a nickname like that. <laughs> something like that will happen, and he'll organically get a nickname. Exactly. I think that's what we need to do, man. Just like just let it happen. Let's not let's not force it. But uh, TMJ is awful, and we can't. <laughs> I I will not abide that. I'm never going to use that. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, 
and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. The last few weeks, I've been trying to come up with five questions for for the preseason weeks. This is preseason week three, and we have no idea like who we're going to see or how much we're going to see them. And so like trying to come up with five questions felt nearly impossible. So I got four. Uh, so, so that's what we're going to do. Four questions for preseason week three. The first one, um, I promise I'm not taking a shot at you. I really do want to know. Um, the Bills, you're going to see them on NFL Network coming up on Saturday uh, in their third preseason game. How do you expect they're going to split their running back workload? Because both Devin Singletary and Zach Moss have played well this year. I am still scared to draft either one of them. Like, How do you think this is going to go? Well, if week two is any indication, it, this is Devin Singletary's backfield still. Like He started week two. Moss was out week one, so Singletary getting all the run with the starters. You could take that how you will. But in week two, Singletary got the start. He got Cat Marcus. They used him near the goal line. They allowed him to go out wide at times. And it was multiple drives before Zach Moss even came on, onto the field. So I continue to believe that Devin Singletary – is not going away in this backfield. Like, I know there's a lot of Zach Moss truthers out there, and the belief was that he could shake Devin Singletary and kind of make this backfield, take it for his own. Again, he'll never be able – none of these backs will ever be able to have the backfield to themselves because Josh Allen isn't going away, and Josh Allen is going to be utilized near the goal line. But seeing as Singletary get as much work as he did, and the fact that you could get him rounds later, this is kind of like, to me, Marcus, like the poor man's – Ravens uh, situation like Mm. yeah you don't have to pay a premium to get either but you are getting a very big discount on one compared to the other and it's the one who scored more fantasy points last year and the one who the Bills coaching staff continues to talk up and again I I, Devin Singletary last year after the, the Bills lost in the playoffs and he had that big drop he did an interview where he said like listen I quickly realized that my career could be short lived like Backs like me who aren't fast and don't have a lot of explosiveness don't last long in the NFL. So he went to the RB whisperer, take this how you will, and has been doing a lot of drills on increasing his speed and his burst. And so far in preseason, he has looked faster. So I'm expecting Devin Singletary to once again be the lead back in week three. I... I've always been a fan of Devin Singletary. And the reason I haven't drafted him, as I keep saying, is that I feel like the Bills don't like him as much as I do. Like, they keep bringing people in. They keep giving other people opportunities at the goal line. So if this is changing, I mean, if if it really is that they're going to give Singletary some more opportunity, and more importantly, they're going to give him opportunities to score touchdowns, um, then, then maybe I can I can start to you know learn to trust again, because um, that that's been the hard part for me. It's not it's not that I I don't like him. It's just that I feel like they're not going to give him the, the same kind of opportunities. And so if if this preseason is uh, an indication of of what's going to be, then then maybe I'm I'm back on board again. So we'll we'll see. Um, the Raiders, you'll see them Sunday on NFL Network, uh, and they take on the, the 49ers. That game kicks off at 4 p.m. Eastern time on NFL Network. Uh, same question, though. I mean, with, with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, how do you see this sort of breaking down? Yeah, we have less to go by here. My anticipation all summer, so I'm going to go with, with what I've been thinking, has been that Josh Jacobs is going to continue to be the starter and the lead back but I think Kenyon Drake is going to be involved more than any backup Josh Jacobs has had to deal with 
in his career. Like, Kenyon Drake is a good pass-catching back, or at least he was prior to 2020 when they just decided not to throw him the ball at all. Kenyon Drake last year showed us that he could be a short yard runner, especially uh, near the goal line, which is so valuable for running backs. So that is what I'm going to be watching closely in this closest in this game is like, when do they bring Drake in? How are they mixing in him? And, and is it going like, what impact is it going to have on Josh Jacobs? But I think this will be 60, 40 split this year, maybe even closer to a 50, 50. Whereas I think it'll be closer to 60-40 than 50-50. But Jacobs has never had someone like this he's had to worry about taking touches before. You know, I you know, reading some of the the Raiders beat reporters and and you know what what they expect. The the comparison that sort of came up, and, and people admit it's not a one-to-one, but the closest thing they can sort of compare this to is back in the early 2000s when John Gruden was still the head coach the first time around, uh, and they had Tyrone Wheatley and Charlie Garner. And you know you had the guy in Wheatley who was more the traditional kind of between-the-tackle, straight-ahead running back, and you had Garner who was kind of the change-of-pace, shifty guy, pass catcher, which, by the way, Charlie Garner is kind of the last time a John Gruden offense had a, or at least a Raider John Gruden offense had a significant pass catching running back. He did it a little bit with Michael Pittman in Tampa Bay, but throughout Gruden's coaching history, there just haven't been a ton of guys who catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. Maybe Kenyon Drake can sort of be that guy. I, I've drafted Jacobs sparingly in some spots. I've drafted Kenyon Drake in maybe one or two spots. Um, I, it's, a, it's another situation though where I have, I just am worried about it. So I haven't really gone all in because, um, you know, I, I still think this is an offense that's going to be mediocre at best. So the touchdown upside for everybody involved is going to be capped. And when they throw the ball, it's pretty much going to go in the direction of Darren Waller. So um, that that worries me a little bit. Side note: Do you have any idea of any Raiders wide receivers that you're interested in? I've been taking later round shots, like in the double digit rounds on both uh, Ruggs and Edwards, because I will admit, like, I think they both have some upside, but I, with zero confidence, could tell you, like, it's going to be Ruggs or it's going to be Edwards. (laughs) I have a little bit more Ruggs just because I think there's more incentive there for them to get, like, they took him as the number one wide receiver ahead of Judy and Lamb and (laughs) Justin Jefferson. So I think there is more incentive there. But beat reporters keep talking about how great Brian Edwards has looked at camp and how they're talking him up so much. I've been taking – I don't have any teams, I don't think, with both of them on it. It's usually one or the other. But, again, I can't tell you with confidence, much confidence it's going to be either or of these two guys. It's basically I, Darren Waller or Bust for me. Pretty much, yeah. I, I've drafted Edwards in a few spots because I, this is sort of me doubling down on how I felt from last year where I liked Brian Edwards and I took him late and you know injuries sort of derailed that. So I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give it another shot. I haven't really drafted Ruggs, uh, but I don't have supreme confidence in either of them. Um, weirdly, you know what? It still could be Hunter Renfro, right? <laughs> like, after, after all that, like the, the right answer might end up being somebody else. Who knows? Um, speaking of wide receivers, you can see the Patriots uh, on Sunday on NFL Network. Um, what do you expect from their wide receivers? Because I feel like we spent a lot of time talking about their quarterbacks. We've talked about their running backs. We haven't talked nearly as much about their pass catchers. How do you feel about those guys? Right now, Jacoby Myers is – and I like Jonu Smith as well because I think he'll be their top like red zone weapon, but for their receivers, it's kind of like, I, I will admit I was way too low on Jacoby Myers coming into to preseason. And even after he had that first big game, I was like, all right, it's one preseason game, but then he dominated week two as well. And I really have moved him up the rankings. And that's what I'm expecting again, right? Like I'm expecting more Jacoby Myers this week 
And if he does have another big week, he's just going to continue to shoot up draft boards. Like Nelson Aguilar, I, I understand he had a good year last year, and I think he'll be more of the field stretcher for them, but he hasn't been really uh, – you haven't heard a whole lot about him this summer at all. Kendrick Bourne, I mean – they gave him all that money just to play Jacoby Myers over him. So for me with their receivers, it's kind of just Jacoby Myers. And that's really it that I have interest in drafting right now. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm kind of the same way too. And I, for me, it's, you know, Aguilar, we kind of know who he is. Uh, and, and I know he was really good last year with the Raiders, but we sort of know who he is. I feel like Myers is still, I won't say an unknown, but I think the ceiling potentially is a little bit higher there. Um, I was saying I'm a little bit disappointed because Nikhil Harry is hurt because he was playing so well in training camp in the preseason. And he was a guy that I loved at Arizona State. And I wanted to see him see if he could translate that to the NFL. And we still aren't really going to get that chance. So I think I'm with you that that Myers is kind of the only guy that, that I'm really drafting right now. Um, last one. The Falcons, uh, they, they play Sunday night. That game is on NBC, 8 o'clock Eastern uh, against the Cleveland Browns. Who is their RB2 and, and does it matter? And I asked because I looked at the depth chart, and I know these are unofficial, but if you look on their depth chart, the running back listed behind Mike Davis is Cordero Patterson. Um, <laughs> great, great, great return man. Very versatile, can do a lot of things. I don't trust him as an RB2. I mean, is there somebody there you like? And like I said, does, does it even matter at this point? I think it matters, but not enough to really pull them up outside of being a last-round pick in fantasy. But I, I've been banking on it being Quadri Allison, um, especially because he's built like a tank. So I could see them in the red zone or in the like short-yarded situations using him and not Mike Davis. Um, the one thing I will say, though, is like Mike Davis, I, I know no one is super excited to draft him. He's like a, in the RB dead zone. But we just kind of been treating Mike Davis like like this is fully his backfield, and you could like if you miss out on him, he's a reliable RB two. He was good last year with Carolina, but he has really struggled before that in his NFL career. He is someone that I think has more bust potential than a lot of us, myself included, have really discussed. And it's been the last couple of weeks that I'm like, oh, maybe Mike Davis isn't as safe of a pick as I thought he was because I just thought he would have a ton of catches with the Falcons trailing so much. Um, but I think Quadri Allison could be the touchdown vulture here, which would obviously cap Mike Davis's upside. My my concern with Mike Davis last year, he had 224 touches. First time in his career, he had been over 150 touches. Right. So, I mean, he before that, his career high had been 146. So that's a pretty big jump. And I wonder if that had something to do with him kind of fading in the back half of the season. He was good early, uh, late. He didn't really offer much. And so I just wonder whether or not he's ready to be uh, something close to a, a bell cow or a workhorse or anything, whatever, whatever term you choose to use. Um, I just have concerns that he's not really ready to kind of handle that. I mean, there's, there's a reason some guys are journeymen and have never really ascended to the, the role of starter throughout their career. And I think it's fair to sort of ask if that's not the case uh, with Mike Davis. And so that that is part of the reason that I've been concerned. It's part of the reason I wonder about their RB2. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe it is Allison. I know people ran on JV and Hawkins uh, early in the offseason, and then he got released. So um, <laughs> This year's James Robinson. He was. He was going to be this year's James <laughs> Robinson. So if that it was your thought process, uh, unfortunately, you have to go back to the drawing board to uh, to figure that out. So, Marcus, did you see though? Mike Davis is part of Team Quads. Yes, he he's on like. the Quad Squad. Yeah, man. 
it's I, like, I haven't heard quad squad i like that a lot yeah the, the quad squad is like you know him aj dylan uh saquon obviously is there uh who am i missing i think uh, austin eckler showed up in there somewhere <laughs> uh yeah man it's a it's a notable group of of running backs who have showed up there in the the hashtag quad squad um so good for them you know i still laugh that <laughs> fantasy folks get super excited about a pro athlete looking like a pro athlete i'm like yeah man that's, <laughs> that's what they do like you know like if one of us showed up in the quad squad, like that would be news. But like, you know, like these are pro athletes, man. That's how they work out. If you, if you paid me to work out every day, I don't know if my quads could look like that, though. Uh, okay, that's probably fair. <laughs> that's probably fair. Uh, all right, before we go, one last time, we do have some Madden codes. Uh, so if you are interested in maybe possibly winning yourself a free copy of uh, EA Sports Madden NFL 22, all you got to do is go to iTunes, give us a, uh, a five-star rating, give us a review, uh, you know, make it funny and clever, or at least be super, super complimentary of how wonderful me and Michael F. Florio are. Uh, and there's a very good chance that we're going to read it. Uh, and uh, you may be lucky enough to uh, get a code. Put, be sure to put whether you are an Xbox or a PlayStation person. We got one code for each, uh, and we will give those away sometime very, very soon. In the meantime, for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if someone says they're speechless, they're lying. Be safe, take care of yourselves, get vaccinated, and we will see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 